Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. It's the Full Out Podcast, and I'm so excited. We have Claude Racine Valinsky. I'm like, wait, now I'm all getting nervous that I'm like, I'm no. pronouncing my friend's name wrong, but I just really know you as Claude. I mean, how often do you say your full name? Yeah, it's so, full. <laughs> it was perfect though, Sam. I freaking love it. So Claude is amazing. Um, we, this spring, got to work on a workout series together for like two and a half months. We got to see each other on set every day at 7 a.m., bright and early, doing our faces, doing our hairs, and we just had so many amazing conversations during that time that I was like, Claude needs to be on this podcast and everyone needs to learn from her and talk to her. Um, and she's just fierce. She's fierce and amazing. So we got to sweat together every single day. We got to be on meal plans together. She's seen, she's seen me happy and excited. She's seen me hangry and a little cranky. (laughs) It's been fun. Um, and now Claude is, uh, beautifully pregnant, which is a very exciting thing. Uh, and I'm just so excited. So I want to talk Claude really fast. First of all, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped you're here. I want to give everyone just a little bit about your bio. She has the longest, fiercest bio ever. Um, but I want to run through it because it's just amazing. So Claude was born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and moved to the States when she was nine. She began taking classes in ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop, tumbling, performing arts, and she performed in yearly recitals, competitions, and school talent shows. After high school, she attended the University of Central Arkansas and taught dance at local studios. After two years of college, Claude auditioned for and received a year-long scholarship to Edge Performing Arts Center in Hollywood, where she trained intensely in many different areas of dance, voice, and improv. Upon graduating from Edge, Claude signed to Clear Talent Group Agency in in Los Angeles and began consistently appearing and starring in productions from music videos with J-Lo and Chris Brown and Blink-182 and so many amazing other things, to musicals like The Ten Commandments with Val Kilmer, Tease the Musical, uh, to commercials like Dr. Scholl's, Disney TV, Albertsons, and more. And then she worked with amazing choreographers that I'm not even going to list, but like every amazing choreographer you can think of, she's worked with. Uh, She also is an original Las Vegas Pussycat doll and stepped in for the creator in the Pussycat Dolls debut music video, Don'tcha. She's super sexy in that. Um, she super is. After a year in Vegas, Claude was selected as one of the lead singers of a girl group to be set to sent to Germany. Um, and that's amazing. So Claude lived overseas as well. And in 2008, Claude moved back to LA and booked a tour with Corbin Blue, working with world-renowned choreographer Travis Payne. She made appearances in Glee, on Glee, 90210, Shake It Up, Jimmy Kimmel, and more. And you guys, this bio just keeps going on and on and on. She's got Tony Braxton in here. She's got Demi Lovato in here. She's got Jonas Brothers in here. 
she has now created her own brand and dance company called Zero Fox LA, in which she is passionate in creating about creating strong and confident dancers who know who they are and know what they want. Oh my gosh, Claude. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I like, it's like a bio. It's like, well, I'm 37. So, I mean, how short can it be? It, Girl, you've lived a lot of life and coming from my experience where, you know, people go in and out of waves of like really living expansively and amazing and doing all the things and attracting all the experiences that they want. Mm -hmm. And then there's waves and seasons where they're not. And I know personally, I was in one of those seasons for a long time where I feel like I didn't, wasn't really living that full out life. I was living small, but I feel like with this bio, she's like 37 years. What can I do? Thirty-seven years. How many lives can I live in 37 years? Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So Claude, I want to like go way back. I'm going to even talk about your amazing husband and that, but we'll get to him. Um, I want to go way back to when you were in college and then you decided to leave college to go to the edge performing arts center and get that amazing scholarship. Mm -hmm. What did that transition look like? Well, it, looked like I was very, very, very tired of being in Arkansas, going to college. I was a straight A student my whole life until I got to college because I knew I didn't want to be there. I couldn't find a major that inspired me. And I had been, I had quit dance for about four years, something like that. And I was just itching to get into it. But my dad was forcing me. He was like, you're going to college. And um, after two years, I was like, dad, if you don't let me get out of here, I'm seriously gonna just implode so um he said if you can find something to do in LA like training something a job I'll take you there so I found edge and um I saved up money to actually come out here and audition and I auditioned I was like okay if I get it this is meant to be this is the life and I got it my dad drove me out here left that same night I was devastated but like LA felt like home. And so it was just a beautiful transition of, I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I just felt it. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you quit dance, because I feel like a lot of performers either a knew that they wanted to be a performer from the day they could walk. And they were like, that's my life. And I've just got to figure out how and when. Mm -hmm. And then there's some people that are, that kind of leave it and then come back to it. Mm -hmm. What would you say your journey was with being a performer, knowing what you wanted to do with your life, um, kind of that whole world. You know, I have uh, gone and left dance, gone to and left dance a mazillion times, to be honest. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I, I was never that dancer that was like, I am, I bleed dance, you know, and I love musicals. I hate musicals. And girl, like, I'm actually kind of with you. I'm like, Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I know. It's like people are like, you've never seen blah. And I'm like, I, it's just not my thing. Or like, I was never like, oh my God, I love Michael Jackson and Jan. Were they great? Yeah. But like, I loved dance, but I was never like, oh my God, this is it. And so when I came out to LA and started dancing, other opportunities started to like come up. Like my first job, there were all these singers and I was like, ooh. I want to sing. Like I would go to all their practices, learn the songs and like practice singing with them. I was 23 already. So I'm like, what am I doing? But all of a sudden I, 
I got this passion to sing. So I started singing and stopped dancing for like five years, had a band. Um, then that didn't work out. So I started acting and then somehow I got a call for an Uggs commercial. And I think I was about 28 or nine at the time. And like dance pulled me back in and I started dancing again. And then all of a sudden was like choreographing, which I never wanted to do before. It's, it, it's been a wild journey that's taken me in so many different directions, but dance is always like, that's what I know. That's what I'm, I've mastered in life. So I definitely, it's like my core. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say is that you didn't define yourself by one thing. And I think that's something that I love about you that I've always been drawn to you. Like you guys, you have to go look up Claude if you don't know her. She's got this like beautiful dark hair and she's got all these beautiful tattoos. And she's like, I'm going to follow my own path and I'm going to be me. And she's unapologetically her. And that is something that I absolutely was drawn to when I first met Claude. I even remember her from the audition being like, Ooh, who's this girl? Yes. I want to be friends with her. And I think that there's a confidence that you have that not many women find until later in, the, in life. Do you feel like you always had that confidence in, in trust in yourself or is that something you had to develop over time? For some reason, I've pretty much always trusted myself and I don't know where that ability, ability comes from, but I did things that I was bullied for. I you know, was made fun of constantly and never did I change who I was because of those things. And this is like as early as, you know, 10, 11 years old. And I just stayed always very true to myself. You know, there are things like when I started to dance professionally, you have to play the game. You know, I didn't get tattoos for a long time because I didn't want to be put in a category. I wanted to be able to dance for everything, Disney and this. So I did wait till I thought was the right time for that. But other than that, always just followed my my gut, my inner compass is what I like to call it. Yeah. So Claude, you teach currently, you have mm -hmm. intensives, you teach dance classes for the younger performer, mm -hmm. as well as for the average woman who is looking to grow their confidence and looking to grow that intuition and that faith in themselves. What, what do you suggest for them? How do you guide them? Well, I usually tell them to be still and like be quiet and sit with yourself even if that means like looking at yourself in the mirror and i know that sounds crazy but um we are so busy always looking out and at other things and now with social media we are just inundated with what everyone else is doing and who's got the million followers and what's popular that i feel like you've got to shut that off and get back to you and concentrate on what do I love? What gets me excited? What do I like? What do I want my hair? It could be, what do I want my hair to be like? What fashion do I like? And really, like, not caring about anyone's outer perspective about what that is. So I suggest making lists about things you like, things you don't like, and don't be scared to not like something. I don't care if the whole room is like, we're blah. And I'll be in the corner like, mm -mm, not me, not just to be that way. But if I truly feel that way, then, um, then that's what it is. So just getting to know you, but in order to do that, you've got to sit there and like shut all everything else off. <laughs> yes.
<laughs> I, I want to share an example that is so funny. Like to me, I'm such a rule follower and I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I fall into that perfectionism so easily. Like it is my, probably one of the lessons that I will have to continue to learn throughout my life. Okay. And I want to share one day on set. So you guys, we had to wear these heart rate monitors. So we had the heart rate monitor strap, we had a watch that went with it. And then at a certain point during filming, we kind of stopped using them. And I don't even remember why we stopped using them, but then we started wearing our Apple watches and we're like, can we wear these Apple watches? And I just remember one day Claude had her Apple watch on and I had mine on too. And I had this fear, this all, all of a sudden this perfectionism because we were at one point expected to wear the heart rate monitor, not our Apple watches. And me saying something to Claude, like, well, are we allowed to do that? And she's like, well, I'm just going to do it until someone tells me not to. And I remember it being the simplest thing, but being so like, oh, well, yeah, there's a whole nother way for me to view this situation. And I feel like that's where I find so much value in how you view the world and how you view, how you handle yourself. It has nothing to do with perfectionism. Like you are truly doing what feels right for you. And I feel like so many women either get caught up trying to be the certain type or to, you know, get married and have the kids, regardless of whether it's something that they actually want in their life or to have the job or to have the career or whatever it is, even mm -hmm. have the right nail color or hair color. And what I love about you is you're like, fuck it. This is who I am. And, and even in that ridiculous little hilarious situation with the <laughs> Apple watch, it was such a breath of like, Sam, there's another way. Y'all, there is another way. Yeah. Um, so I just, I love that. And I think it's a hilarious, ridiculous example, but you have, you are teaching in LA. Claude teaches a very sexy, amazing heels class, which is very late on a Thursday night. Um, so if you're in LA, you should go check it out. But what I am really excited about is this new program that you have created called the zero fucks method. Can you tell us where it came from, what it is, who it's for, all the good stuff? So basically through like my teachings of like through dance, my dance classes, my intensives, I started realizing that my, the most that I was giving to my students wasn't even about the technique of dance or how to perform and be this and be that. It's like before they can even do a dance step, there is all this mental stuff that is going on with these beings that I really loved freeing them from everything that was keeping them from like being the performer or the dancer that they could be. You could train anywhere you want, learn how to point your feet, go take ballet, but who is teaching these women or these dancers what it takes mentally to be in this game? And so I've had a lot of students reach out to me for like mentoring recently. Can we go have coffee? Let's, let's go talk. I, I really want to know, like, how do you live this life of zero fucks and this and that? I was like, you know what? I really enjoy guiding these women this way more. And you know, I'm pregnant too. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to dance soon, but I don't want to stop helping these women. So that's where that came along. I was like, let me just focus on the mental aspect of my zero fucks method. That's awesome. And so can you also tell us about the intensive as well? What yeah. What that looks like? The intensive. So I have a few different ones, but I have a five day intensive where we work on drills 
confronting drills, like how to be able to confront a room, how to be able to confront yourself, confront people, because auditions can be very overwhelming and intimidating. Um, I work, I talk a lot about communication and how dance is a communication and really getting your point of view very clear, which also goes hand in hand with knowing who you are as a woman and where you stand. If you don't know that, your communication will be fuzzy and never clear. And people are think it's like, I'm going to be sexy and do a hair flip. I'm like, well, okay. But if you don't know who you, what is confidence, confidence is clarity about who you are. So if you're sitting there and you walk in the room and you look like everyone else and you're trying to dance like everything you see on Instagram, people are going to know like you're not being authentically you. Um, so I do that. I do a lot of technique, like heels technique, how to walk. Um, what else? That's, that's pretty much it. There's like definitely some exercises, lots of exercises in there that I do telling a deep, dark secret and that like releases a lot of emotion from people they've been holding on for so long and um, things like that. I, I like that part about um, confronting a deep, dark secret because I feel like especially as a performer and you're always putting out there and, and with this idea of perfectionism and who do I need to be and who should I be and who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. We don't often talk about the shadow. We don't often acknowledge that we are all these amazing things, but then we are also these shadows. We also have some of these dark thoughts or these triggers or these feelings that we've held onto. And what I have found is that until you can recognize and acknowledge and be proud of all your amazing things, as well as your entire shadow side, until you can recognize both of them, you can't actually step into your power. Right. I think there's power in knowing this is what pisses me off. This is what is a trigger for me. This is, where does this trigger come from? Where does this negative story come from? And really owning that. Yeah. And I know that you do a lot of personal work as well in like confronting the shadow, but I love that you bring that part in because that is a part of you. Yeah. That is a giant part of you. You, I always tell, this is for artists. Like, you know, I don't know how like someone in who works in accounting can use this, but I, I do tell people who are artists that their pain is their gold like you have to use it to it just is man you've got to connect to the things that make you feel and like really just own it and confront it and look at it and be like cool you're here you're part of me but we are taught from a very young age to um not cry oh don't be sad don't get angry but well, hello, those are parts of us. And I think women are made up of like a million colors and we use about two of them. So I really also try to urge my students and teach my students to use it all. Let it all come out. You can't just be like, we're not one thing all the time. So don't just be one kind of mm -hmm. answer. But I did want to say too, Sam, earlier, um, like, one thing that's very important to me is, is to remember that you're not here to please people. And once you can let go of, will they like me? Please, I hope they accept me. Whether that be a man, a job, at an audition, anything. Just be you. And if they like you and they book you, amazing. If he's like, wow, I like that, then amazing. If they don't, cool, next. Mm-hmm. 
but that mentality of like, I've never wanted to please anyone. As a matter of fact, if I caused some issues around me, I knew I was doing something right. People doubting me or questioning my, my direction or choices. I was like, I know I'm doing something right. That's awesome. I just to say that. Yeah. Please. Yes, please. And, and the idea of that perfectionism, again, it, it doesn't allow you to own every side of you or every color of you. And I was listening to, um, I'm in this mastermind and we had a guest speaker come in and, and he was saying, he's like, you guys, as women, you guys literally get to feel all sorts of crazy emotion around your periods. Like you become crazy and irrational and upset and emotional. And he's like, but that's beautiful because you are able to then access this other side of yourself that we push away. Like we're not supposed to be loud and crazy and emotional. Like everyone says, yes, to keep it quiet. Oh, you're pretty, prettier when you smile. And the truth is if you take that into business and you're just pretty and you're like docile and, and you sit back, that's not necessarily going to serve you when you need that wild woman and that, and that fire to take a risk or to say, no, these are my boundaries. And, and I feel very strongly about this. So we right. actually do have this beautiful thing called hormones and the way our body works to show us these different sides. And instead of, you know, apologizing for it or trying to hide it or just, or complaining about it, I think we need to embrace that and yeah. say, where can this serve me in the different areas of my life? How can this serve me when I'm, you know, going on that first date and I'm very clear, no, this is who I am. And, yeah. and I think that's part of why Corey and I are so well, because at that point in my life, when I met him, I'm like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I don't care. And thank you. Thank you for the applause. Um, because that's not how I lived my life up and for the 30 years prior to that. Right. And I, and I just want to urge women to acknowledge and embrace all the different sides yes. because that's where your power is. Absolutely. That is the where your power you is. It, the more it's like going to take over you and the more it will attract problems around you because you're not living truthfully in what that is. Mm -hmm. But it does take a lot of balls to like, I'm emotional and, you know, I feel crazy today because we are completely made fun of and teased our whole lives by our dads, men around us for being this way. So they don't know. They don't know, girl. The man doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of all that lady stuff, um, you are... You're five months pregnant yeah. with your first child, yes. which is, I'm so excited because when we were doing that job together, you guys were in the process of making a baby. And here you are, you found out literally on the last day of filming that you were pregnant. Um, can you tell me about what this process has been like in the last five months? What, how has this changed your life? How has it maybe opened your eyes to something? How how does this pregnancy affect you as a woman? Well, you know, to be quite honest, like not that much. Like it feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I waited until I was 100% ready to have a child. Like I said earlier, I'm 37. So for the medical world out there, that's like old, but um, I waited till I found the right guy. I didn't want kids until I found Noah. So it feels 
Right. Like, is it weird because I am a dancer and have been so in tune with my body my whole life? Now I've, I'm sharing my body with something and it prevents me from doing certain things. And I would say that's probably the hardest part right now to accept. I just want to keep going. Like that's not even happening. But other than that, like I'm pretty cool. I haven't had any morning sickness. I don't get more emotional than I did before. Um, it's actually like really cool to think I'm creating this human in my stomach. It's freaking wild. That is so, it's so wild and so yeah. awesome. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about your relationship with your husband, Noah, yeah. working with you guys and seeing you every day and seeing just the love and the passion and the, the sweetness. Like, I don't know if there's a better word, but it, there is just this, this gentleness that Noah has with you that he doesn't have anywhere else from the outside. Um, <laughs> he's so funny and crazy, but like with you, there is this softness that you pull out of him and it's, it's just beautiful. Can you tell me about how does your relationship work? What has been the most important thing that you've learned from your relationship with him that you might want to share? I learned that you have to be willing to be part of every problem with the partner that you're with and like meaning be you have to be willing to like be responsible for the problem and not just point fingers and also we both do a lot of self-growth and i notice that you know he'll do some and then i go and then we're both growing but like if one of us were to stop you stop being able to communicate on the same sort of like plane of understanding and what i learned with him is that we both got to keep going up and both holding each other accountable to this growth um and when one is slipping it's like okay we gotta we gotta get you up gotta get you up and when your partner shows up for you that way and when you show up for your partner that way it's like a beautiful it's never ending growth now don't get me wrong not every day is perfect. We do have fights like everybody else. But, you know, we're here to solve them. Before, I'd be like, ugh, one more of these and I'm out. And with him, it's not about giving up or leaving. It's about, okay, how do we fix it and move forward from here so that we don't have the same argument again? You and I have talked a lot about communication within mm -hmm. your relationship. Can you speak a little bit to what that looks like for you guys? Well, communication is like a very big topic and people think communication is just talking, but actually there are 18 uh, steps to the calm cycle. 18. I've never heard this, fill us in. Um, so I don't know them all by heart, but there's like um, things like attention and intention, um, how loudly you speak, how quickly or slowly you speak. Um, also, there's um, what cause and effect. So through a calm cycle, there always has to be someone who's cause and someone who's effect. And you have to be willing to be both. So if I come to you, Sam, and I go, hey, Sam, um, you know, I just, the other day when you said blah, it kind of hurt my feelings. I'm now cause and I'm giving you an origination and you have to be willing to go, oh. And then acknowledgement is the number one area where people fuck up. I fuck it up. 
you fuck it up, we all fuck it up, and there goes the argument because somebody will say, hey, Sam, that hurt my feelings, you need to go, I didn't hurt your feelings. No, I'm telling you that you did, and that's the biggest thing is if Noah says something to me, I really try to just go, okay, I understand that, mm. um, as opposed to cutting it off and not acknowledging it and completely invalidating what he said. So when it comes to communication, we've both studied that particular comp cycle, so we understand how it's supposed to go. We don't always succeed, but at least we have a common uh, tool to keep us there. And honesty. Like when I first met Noah, he was over honest. He would tell me everything. I'd be like, who is this man? <laughs> but like even little tiny things that you're like, well, I snooped on his Instagram or little tiny things that you keep from your partner can cause a massive explosion of problems. So we really just tell each other everything. He's had girls grab his butt on set and he comes home. He's like, this girl today. He tells me everything so that he's not like withholding something that he knows if I saw, I'd be like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And vice versa. So it's so, it, I could go on forever on this topic, but that's a little bit of it. Well, and I think the acknowledge, the acknowledgement and the honesty, those are the two big things that I pulled from that. Yeah. I think that even goes back to what we were talking about earlier in acknowledging as a woman what is it that you want? Being honest with yourself. Who am I? What do I like? And again, I feel like it all originates with that self-work and that's that knowing yourself, that knowing yourself inside and out and providing the space to say, what is it do I what is it that I like? And being able to acknowledge this doesn't make me happy. So like in your story when you were in school and you're like, this is not fulfilling me, mm -hmm. the fact that you were able to acknowledge and be honest with yourself and honest with your dad that this was not doing it for you, then you could take action to change it. But I think a lot of times we sit in careers or we sit in relationships mm -hmm. or just financial situations where we're not happy, we're not comfortable, but we don't ever acknowledge it. We don't ever give ourselves the honesty or the space to go, this isn't working for me. It's time to make a change. Right. We make justifications after justification of why is it right that I'm staying in this situation? And it, that can be a very scary road to go down. You know, the minute you have that thought, acknowledge it, handle it. Handle, handle, handle. And handling a situation just means putting communication into that area, whether it be a problem with a partner or a problem with a boss, a problem with anything. Just communicate into that thing and see what happens. Not everyone's going to obviously receive it, perfectly, but at least you did your part. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So Claude, where yeah. can we find you? Where can we find more about your workshops and your classes? How do people get in touch with you? Um, the best way is on Instagram, Claude Racine Valinsky five. And I'm currently working on, I'm revamping my website. So as soon as that is done, I will launch it and announce it on my Instagram where you can find more info on the ZF method and my zero fucks intensives and so forth. Yay. We're Yay. So pumped. Yay. Okay. So I like to finish with two questions. Okay. One question is what is something that people don't ask you that you wish that they did? Ooh, 
they don't ask me that I wish that they did. Like anybody? Your students. This could be other people interviewing you. This could be. Um, wow. You know, wow, I've never thought about this. Maybe like asking me what troubles or what barriers I actually did experience through my journey. Cause you read my bio and you're like, Oh my gosh. Wow. But you know, that didn't just come with like me going mm, and like <laughs> there and the sacrifices that I've had to make for those things. I think that I, I would like to be asked that more often. What did you sacrifice to get what you want? Great. Can you share with us? Well, for one, I sacrificed, I always tell this to my students, like they're living their best lives. I see them on Instagram, drinking, eating at expensive restaurants, new clothes. When I first came out here, I had no money to spend like that. I stayed home every night. I didn't go eat out. I didn't buy new clothes for like two years. And I was willing to make that sacrifice until I was comfortable enough to gift myself with those things. Um, I sacrificed friends. I sacrificed having to go home to my family. Like people would be like, oh, you can't make it to my birthday party. I can't. And some people have a really hard time with that. And I was always like, sorry, like this is, this is what I, I have to do for my career. And I will say it is a selfish thing that you have to do to get there. But once you're there and you have more freedom, then do more of the things you want. Buy that BMW. You know, I was riding around in a freaking Honda Civic with a bent door and a this and a, you know, yes. manual, everything in LA traffic, horrible. But, and I'm sure people have sacrificed way worse, but you've got to be willing to sacrifice things like having three jobs so you can like go buy that new blah. No, put all your heart into what you want, all of it. I love that. And I think that relates to every and any goal that you have. I mean, I know that we relate to that as performers. We've lived that life, but I see a lot of people in my network marketing business that, you know, they say they want a goal and they want to hit XYZ, either income or a promotion or whatever, but then you don't necessarily see the work behind it. And you don't right. see people doing the uncomfortable things. It was probably uncomfortable for you to not go to the birthday party. It was probably uncomfortable for you to say, hey, this is my priority right now. And I'm sorry, I can't. It's probably right. uncomfortable to be driving around in the old car or not buy clothes. But you knew that you were doing the uncomfortable thing to get you to that next level. And, yeah. I, and in this business, in my network marketing business, you know, it's uncomfortable to say, hey, guys, I can't go out Saturday night because it's closed night and I've got to get this stuff done. Or I can't watch The Bachelorette on Monday night because I need to be on my business call. Like, I want to be watching The Bachelorette, but you know what? My team has called every Monday night, and yeah. that's a sacrifice I have to make. Yeah. And whether that is for your performing career, your network marketing business, heck, even your financial goals. If you're trying to pay off credit card loans or medical debt, you know, yes, there are ways to save, but then get that extra job, do the extra thing, invest in a different way, and get uncomfortable. Put yourself in a situation that's outside of that comfort zone. Yes. So that you can achieve the goal. Yeah. 
and it never stops. Like people think like, oh, I'm going to get to a certain point and, and be comfortable. But in all honesty, it never stops. Like even doing my new zero fucks method and putting that out, it's, it's scary. It's like, okay, like now people are trusting me on a different level that's disconnected from dance. And as when you're growing and you're trying to build and we're evolving always as humans, like that uncomfortableness, <laughs> that's not a word, um, never stops. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, and, and I think that we, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, but it's like seeing it in the here and the now. Like yeah. I had to go through that transition. I'm still performing, but I decided I want to do this network marketing business. And that was uncomfortable. It's still uncomfortable, but yeah. it's serving me in an awesome way. Then I decided, Hey, I really love coaching. I want to be a one-on-one -on -one coach. I want to be a virtual coach. I want to lead retreats and workshops. And doing that was really freaking uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable in an emotional way, but then also there's financial investment in that too. And yes. unless I'm willing to jump into the discomfort and linger in the discomfort, then I know that I'm not going to be happy with where I am because I know I feel that pull towards something more. And I'll tell you, even this podcast, freaking terrifying. Like sure. the fact that I'm like, Hey, I want to do this and I want to do this. And I've been thinking about this for a year, but actually pulling the trigger, actually getting on the interviews with people, actually signing up for the accounts and, and putting it out there and then yeah. telling people about it. Freaking yes. terrifying. Yes. Agreed. But I know it's going to be worth it because it's going to reach one person or 11 people or yeah. 11,000 people or 11 million. You never know. But that discomfort was something that I needed to be in in order to grow to that next level. Absolutely. Big risks, big risks, reap big benefits. So yes, go. Thank you for bringing that up. That was awesome. So our last question is, you know, as a dancer, you know what full out means. If one of your students or a woman off the street said, Claude, how do I live my life full out in 30 seconds? What would your answer be? Follow your heart, follow your happiness, follow your excitement. Always. What excites you? What idea comes in that you're like, yes, I want to do that. What makes you happy? What makes you feel like you have butterflies in your stomach to do it? Do it. Just do it and don't let anybody tell you it's wrong. It's not this. I'm having a home birth and a million people are like, why? And they have all their things. And I just look at them. I go, I'm good. Thank you. Somebody wants to go, oh, you want to shave your head? Why? I'm good. Thank you. Like, I don't need follow whatever your heart desires. As long as you're not hurting anyone else or yourself, be you. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.